this is Jeff Dixon, and I'm the pastor of Water Life Miami. I'm so glad today you have chosen to listen to this podcast. Now, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever contemplated the idea that God cannot lie? Well, through this podcast, we're going to address that very phrase. And as you listen to it, don't think about this God cannot lie as a restrictive thing, but really in this creative thing, because with the very words that God speaks, He creates. Therefore, if He were to even attempt this lie to us, what He would say would then become, therefore it would not be a lie. Listen as we unfold how powerful the spoken word of God really is. Now enjoy. Many of you who know me well know that I like to surprise people, generally with a startle or a scare. I haven't done it this week. Vanessa, last week I got Abigail pretty good coming out of the bathroom. I think she was going to punch me. She might have cried. I know, not quite, but she probably wanted to. But I like to surprise people. But also, I, I, it's just neat to, in a good way, surprise people Like, for example, my mom and I almost share a birthday. Um, Hers is November 1st. Mine is November 2nd. I never have to get her a birthday gift because I'm it. Ta-da! Okay, that doesn't work that way. But she also insists that I do not get to celebrate any portion of my birthday until she has had her celebration. So we've moved over here for nearly 40 years of my life we have lived in very close proximity to my parents. And all in one year, my brother and his family and my wife and us move away from my parents. Can you imagine what she must have been going through? So I thought that this year for her birthday, we would just do something really special, and I would invite my brother and his family over to our house, and we would have a special surprise party. I'd set it up. My brother knew. My dad was in on it. My mom was going to come over. My mom and dad were going to come over, and we were going to go looking at various antique and flea markets, and um, we didn't make it to Junk and Jill that day. We, I don't know that we knew about it. You weren't there in November. You were still in Baxter. We were up there. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We went to all kinds of places, and I had this all planned out. And one of the family traditions that we have is homemade egg noodles. And one of these days, y'all, if you are around us long enough, you'll get to experience my homemade egg noodles. They are a handed down tradition that I just, and I got the, the ability to make them well. My mom will still tell you hers are better. I don't know what she's talking about because she doesn't make them. Hi, mom. Um, but she, whatever, for whatever reason, I was, I had them made and we were going to come home and we were going to have um, Rose, Rose, was I going to make a, no, anyway, I was going to make a no- meal with the noodles, and we were going to have a f- wonderful time, and Mike and Rhonda were going to be at the house when we showed up, and she was going to be surprised, and she was going to cry, that's how it was going to work, my mom was going to cry, and we had this all, it was all worked out beautifully, so anyway, so we go doing our thing, and I'm tracking my brother and his wife, because you can do that with apps on our, with our phones, we all have Apple products, iPhones, and things, and they weren't making it in time, and I thought, well, we stalled as much as we could. And finally, I decided we're just going to go home. Mom will be surprised when he shows up instead of be there, surprised when he's there. And 
when we round the corner, or not round the corner, but come down the street, I see Vanessa's parents' car. And I see a few other cars that I recognize. And I thought, well, that's cool. Vanessa went ahead and invited some people over to help celebrate mom's party. And then I thought, well, shoot, if, I wish you would have told me I'd have made more noodles. And then I began to see the signs. Now, okay, I didn't tell you. This was my 40th birthday this year. And I insisted that no one make a big deal about my 40th birthday because I wasn't looking forward to number 40. But lined were all these sayings and pictures and posters, and all of a sudden I realized that while I have planned a surprise birthday party for my mom, Vanessa, who had started before I thought about my mom's party, a surprise birthday party for me. She's a liar. She lied straight up to my face. The deceit of my family, because my mom came for my birthday party, and my dad knew what Vanessa was doing, and my dad was lying to my face, making me think that I was planning this party for my mom, when really they were all planning this thing for me. You see, sometimes is it true that we have to lie to each other to pull things off? Well, we do. We lie at Christmas time. There's this phrase around our house so that we don't have to lie to people around Christmas and birthdays, and it's just simple. Don't ask me those questions around Christmas. Don't ask me that question at your birthday because then I don't have to lie to you. But we lie, don't we? We do do lie. Um, But last week when I was preaching, this is where this all started. I made a comment, just it wasn't part of my message, but I mentioned something about God cannot lie. And that's what I'm going to talk about today and, and bring this to why God cannot lie. And we have to set the stage just a little bit because really the premise behind this is to build our faith. And we read this in Romans 10, 17. That's the only slide you have to mess with, Abigail, for the rest of the day. So you can even put that down. So this idea that faith, this faith, got to get back on track, faith. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So the first aspect of understanding that God cannot lie is if my faith is built through his word, why would he tell me something that would not build my faith? God cannot lie. He can do anything. It was the idea last week, but if he can do anything, then he can lie. But if it's not part of his nature to do something, then it's not so much that he's restricted but he's released in the ability to not lie. It's a fantastic thing to think of. And I like to apply this scripture in my life just through my daily Bible reading, not in my study, but just in my standard reading. I like to listen to the Bible because it's his word. And if I hear it, it's building my faith. Just something to think about there. And so taking it to the next step, well, I've got this. This is great, but Jeff, can you truly back this up scripturally? Well, Titus 1, 2 in the King James Version, whether you uh, believe it's really that accurate or not, there's been some debate whether or not it was written to please a king versus really accurately being put together. But it says, Paul, a servant, this is uh, Titus uh, verse chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, Paul, a servant of God and the apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which is after godliness in hopes, I'm spitting all over the place, this is awesome, in hopes of eternal life, which God that cannot lie 
promises before the world began. So we've got Paul now establishing this same phrase that God cannot lie. So if God cannot lie, why? Why? Why cannot God lie? Because I would think that there'd be some circumstances in my life that when God is speaking to me, I would just soon he didn't tell me. It would be all right with me if God would just fudge a little bit. I, sometimes it would be all right if he just left that to himself. It's like I will never be able to unsee or never be able to unhear certain things. So, God, it's okay if you lie to me once in a while, but I'm going to tell you this morning that God cannot lie, and the premise behind this, the whole idea behind the fact that God cannot lie, and I'm going to now take the next few minutes and show you this, is when God speaks, God creates. Ooh, that's kind of big, isn't it? So if God cannot lie, it is not because he's restricted, but the very fact that when he speaks, he's creating means that if he were to come to me with the idea of lying, what he would speak in falsities would only become a creation behind his voice. Therefore, what was a false now becomes a reality. Therefore, God cannot lie. Whoa. So look at. Hebrew with Hebrews 11.3 with me for just a minute. It says this. I'll give you a second to get there in your e-Bibles if you need to. Give me a second to wet my whistle. <coughs> Hebrews 3. Hebrews, no, 11. Sorry, Hebrews 11.3. Now we've established that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. Now, If we have this faith established, Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created, look at this phrase, by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So the idea here is, by his mere word, what wasn't now is. Let me show you a step further. Go to the very book, beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, 1. How do I know we're going to look at the very beginning? Well, it says in verse 1, in the beginning, God created. He created what? The heavens and the earth. The earth was what? Without form and void. It did not exist. There was no expanse. There was no matter to the earth whatsoever. It was not even a thought process. It was dark all over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Look at verse 3. It says, and God said, let there be light. And what happened? It says right here, and there was light. Verse 6. Let's jump to the next thing. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and it separated the waters from, uh, and it separated the waters from the waters, and God made the, hev- the expanse and separate blah, blah, blah. Right at the end there it says, and it was so. Verse 9, and God, you can talk with me here, and God said, um, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let dry land appear, and it was so. Verse 11, and God said, let the earth sprout vegetation. At the end of that, it says it was so. Verse 14, and God, let there be light. Verse 15, it ends with, and it was so. Verse 20, and God said, let the water swarm, swarm, swarm with swarms of living creatures. 
Verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures, and it was so. So his voice creates. That's why I love to hear him talk. When he puts promises and dreams in your heart, when he speaks utterances, when he tells you who you are, when he declares things over your life, it's not empty words, but it's creative declarations into your life. When he is speaking great things, mysterious things in your life, it becomes things that are realities. When he tells you things that are bigger than yourself, we shouldn't be worried about how it's going to come about because he is the one that's creating those things in our lives. When he said to me and Vanessa to come to northeastern Oklahoma and to plant a church, you don't know anybody here. You don't have any relationships, any contacts, any friendships. No one's going to move over here with you aside from Aaron driving back and forth every week. You know no one. But it was okay. We can come over here because his very declaration meant something was going to happen. And it wasn't our responsibility to make something happen. It's our responsibility to hear his word and heed the voice of creation behind his word and say yes to everything. Because he will not fail in his promise because once it's spoken, it does happen. It's not my responsibility at that point. It is something that has to take place. Why? Because God cannot lie. You hear what I'm saying? When he speaks over you, that's why the Bible says that his giftings and his callings are are without repentance. It's because when he has called us to do something, the fact that he has spoken has caused it to begin to work. That's why the Bible says, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And I will add to it if I can. But once he started it, it has already been completed in your life. It's just time to see the manifestation of it in your life take place as you act in obedience. The word that we use in this is called sovereign. God is sovereign. And when he declares that something is going to have to happen, whether he uses you or someone else, something is going to happen because God is that kind of God. God cannot lie. Can you hear the significance of this message already? So God said... now. Jump with me to John 1 1. So we've got another beginning phrase here. So if we've got in the beginning, the earth was formless and without. Now we're back at the beginning, but in the New Testament, and we hear in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Isn't it interesting that we have the word, God spoke the word, but the word was also, as we read later in John 1, flesh and dwelt among us. I'm going to come back to this idea about the word spoken, the word being among us, the word in the beginning, but we're going to find this also played out in Psalm 33, 1 through 9, And you want to turn there, I'm sure, because you're going to underline, highlight if you can, or even hit that highlight button in your YouVersion Bible. And it says this, Shout for joy in the Lord, 
I think it's okay if we did that. I, I, I had this vision in my mind that one of these days I will preach this message, and it's not about numbers. If we stay 50 but a st- or, or 20 but impact our, our, our northeastern Oklahoma for the kingdom of God, I'm okay with that. But I have this vision of 300, and we shout for joy, and I heard the shouts of joy come up. I believe in my heart I saw prophetically of what God wants to do. I'm not searching a large church, but I'm searching a large impact. But I know as we impact northeastern Oklahoma, People are going to be drawn and gathered to what God is doing. But I hear this shout for joy in the Lord. There's something about when we're in the Lord, there's joy. And he's talking to you and me, oh, you righteous. Why do I know he's talking to you and me? Because I know that it's Jesus Christ that has made us righteous, not on our works, but by the work that he did on the cross at Calvary. And it says, praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp and ten strings. What have we just done in this place as we started off? off this service sing to him a new song oh i love to do that play skillfully on skillfully on the strings i don't know that that happened in this room today with loud shouts for the word of the lord is upright there's that again the word of the lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness what a great promise that when he does work in us it's done through faithfulness it's the word that we opened up with this morning aaron faithfulness the lord is faithful. Verse 5 says, he loves righteousness and justice, and the earth is full of his steadfast love of the Lord. Verse 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap, and he puts them in the deepest storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Verse 9, For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. This verse 6, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. John 1.1, In the beginning was the word. Genesis 1. God said. These three things give us a word that is not an English word. It's, a, it's this cool word that I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna learn in this place, and we're gonna make it something that is part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. And this word here is the word of God. It's not a description of Him. It it's. It's it's not a description at all. It's this encounter. It's when he speaks what is spoken, it becomes this aspect of why he cannot lie. And this word is debar, D-E-B-A-R. It's the debar of God. The debar of God. This is to declare what God spoke, making it come into being. It's not a description or prophecy. We can't debar the God into coming about because when it debars, it happens now. It's the debar of God. It's the beginning of the thing. By His word, it will come to pass. It's the truth. Isn't it interesting that The word of God says in John 14, declaring by Jesus, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The debar of God is the very essence of his 
being. It's the very spoken aspect of him. It's, again, not describing what he does. It just, it's this, it's the action. It's the, the, the appearance. It's the making of his voice. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. That's the debar of who Jesus is in our life. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I again, I am the way, the truth, and the life. For three John, third John, three John, I found like, feel like Donald Trump all of a sudden. Three John, third John, one, three says, for I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth. So I think we need to be reminded as to why God cannot lie. I think we need to remind ourselves that he didn't lie to us. When he called you, when he positioned you, when he promised you, he didn't remove your calling. He didn't take away your anointing. He didn't lie to you about your future. Because his debar, fun word, made something that cannot be removed. So what does the debar of God, the word of God say about me? (laughs) Got nine more pages of these. Nine pages of these. First says, I'm a child of God. John 1, 12 says, But all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. Galatians 3, 26, For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Another debar, we need to declare this over ourselves. I am the branch of the true vine, a conduit of Christ's life. I am the true vine, John 15, 1 and 5. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. We could better say this, I am a fruit bearer. I love this, John 15, 15. I am a friend of Jesus. We need to be reminded of that this morning. A debar of God. I am a friend of Jesus. I am no I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not understand what his master is doing. But I have called you friends because I've revealed to you everything I heard from my father. From Romans 3:24, I've been justified and redeemed. Romans 6:6. 6, 6, My old self was crucified with Christ. I am no longer a slave to sin. I think some of us could hear that. I think northeastern Oklahoma needs to recover or uh, needs to to get a a, a grasp on this one, especially when it comes to the addictions that we have, not just stemmed in our in our gambling addictions, but in our meth and our drugs. uh, That is the same. And 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 all that there are so many addictions in this place that have hold people as slaves to sin. But Romans 6, 6 says we know that our old man was crucified with him so that the body of sin would no longer dominate us so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. That's a debar of God. <clears throat> I think some of us really need to take heart to Romans 
I will not be condemned by God. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm. Condemnation is no longer something we deal with. How about this one? I've been set free from the law of sin and death. Mm. Romans 8, 2. Not only am I a friend of God or Jesus, but I'm also a child of God and a fellow heir with Christ. It's a great debar. Romans 8, 17. And of children, then heirs. And if indeed we suffer with him, we also may be glorified with him. I like this one, fifteen seven of Romans. I've been accepted by Christ. I've been called to be a saint. We read this in 1 Corinthians 1, 2. We can also find it in Ephesians 1, 1, Philippians 1, 1, Colossians 1, 2. Paul likes that one. In Christ Jesus, I have wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption. I think some of us need a revelation of this one. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and He dwells in me. How about just being joined to the Lord and being one spirit with Him? 1 Corinthians 6.17 God leads me in triumph. 2 Corinthians 2.14 I don't have a hard mind. It's been removed in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.14 I'm a new creature. Uh-huh. 2 Corinthians 5.17. So then, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. What was old has passed away. Look, what is new has become or has come. I've become the righteousness of God in Christ. I've been made one with all who are in Christ Jesus. We have been made one together because of Christ. I've been set free. I like this one. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Ephesians 1.3. Some of us need to hear this today. I am chosen, holy, and blameless before God. I know some of these overlap, but how could I leave these out? I'm redeemed and forgiven by the grace of God. I've been predestined by God to obtain an inheritance in Christ. I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Because of God's mercy and love, I've been made alive with Christ. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. I love Ephesians 2, 10. I'm God's workmanship created to produce good works. Works. Mm. I have boldness and confidence. I'm a citizen of heaven. Uh, the peace of God, the peace of God guards my heart and my mind. God supplies all of my needs, all of my needs. He supplies them. I've been made complete in Christ, Colossians 2.10. I've been raised up with Christ. I've been chosen of God. 
1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm totally and completely forgiven. Ephesians 2, 5, I am spiritually alive. We need to be reminded of Acts 1, 8, I am God's messenger to the world. And here, I am God's disciple maker. We need to be discipling people. I'm the light of the world. I'm greatly loved. Listen, I don't, I don't know how this ends in this place today. Some of us need to realize this. about the. I'm going to put my notes aside for a little bit because I have no more. <laughs> but I'm not done. Let me, talk, let me talk about some things for a little bit longer. Off, off note about this Debar of God. We've got to begin to declare some things because the Debar of God doesn't stop with God. You realize that because of the name of Jesus, we have been given authority to speak as if we are. We have his authority. Have you ever heard of a power of attorney where you get to sign a document and have the authority as if you are that person? You see, we've been given a power of attorney to sign our names as if we are Jesus. And we have authority because he said so over sickness. We even have authority over stupid mistakes. I'm trying not to look at anyone in the eyes at this moment because I know no one in here that has made stupid mistakes. Listen, it's time that we begin to have authority over some things and step into it and declare on our own, the debars of God. The Word of God is so full of things that have promised us what we have authority over. Why like God cannot lie? I was with Bo, I hope, I hope Bo and Bobby are watching right now. I believe that the surgeon that worked on Bo's shoulder was the right man. He came in and he sat down at the foot of Bo's bed and he said, before I operate on anybody, I pray with them. Can I pray with you? And I believe it was, it was the right kind of prayer. You know, he didn't say anything in the name of Jesus. And that's okay, because we were there and we were declaring things in the name of Jesus. But it's time we declare some things in the name of Jesus. It was the last time you were somewhere and you noticed someone was hurting and you just blessed them but didn't let them hear who you were blessing them by. When was the last time we just walked into a place and just spoke the name of Jesus over it? When was the last time we walked in this side door and just said, I just speak the name of Jesus over this place with the authority he's granted us? When was the last time we went on vacation and just declared the name of Jesus and his safety over our vacation? Probably most of us have. I don't know. When was the last time that we spoke the name of Jesus over our children before they went to bed? When's the last time we spoke the name of Jesus over our bank accounts? When's the last time we declared God's blessing and abundance over our health, our finances, our, our, our spouses, our children, our parents, our whatever, our businesses? See, this is the debar of God. And it's not a 
bless me so that I can have more scenario. This is we walk in an authority that God walks in, that he's given us because if he cannot lie, why don't we just declare some things he's declared and make ourselves truth bearers as well? That's really all I'm trying to say. I don't have a big wrap-up. Jill, I don't even know, just whatever. Just stay there. Okay. <laughs> You're like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, so this is one of those planes that's hard to land. But I think we need to, for a moment, look at our lives, look at our the past the things that have hurt us, the promises that God has spoken over us. I really feel strongly in my heart right now that some in here, and I believe it might be more than one, have told God in regards to callings in your life, I'll never. I may have once, but I will never do that again. And you need to repent. You need to tell God that was wrong of me. Because now I understand that your word is sovereign. And when you speak things, they come to pass. It really comes back to that third song we did. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. It's it's how I serve you. It's, It's how I move in your calling. It's how I work. It's how I raise my family. It's how I go to college or go to school. It's how I interact with uh, my spouse or my boyfriend or girlfriend. It's how I treat my parents. It's only Jesus. Can we pray together just for a few minutes longer? Father God, I, uh, I'd like to do some shouting and Whatever, but I I really just sense in this moment we've got to do some personal reflection. I think we need to repent for not being obedient to the debars that you have given us in our lives. I think that some of us need to repent for saying no. Because whether we responded or not, just because you spoke, it began. God, in this very moment, we say yes. If you can, if if you're moved to that place now, and you've not said yes, just in your own way, you don't have to verbalize it out loud, but you can if you want. Just think of that instance where you have been hesitant or you haven't said yes. Just tell him yes. Yes, God, I'm going to do that. Maybe it's trust. Yes, God, I'm going to trust you again. It's time. For me, for me, it's only Jesus. Let my heart want for nothing but you. Well, I sure hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. 
If it has blessed you, please click the subscribe, leave some feedback. Uh, should you want to contribute towards this ministry and all that we're doing in northeastern Oklahoma, feel free to go to our website, wlmiama.com. That's W-L-M-I-A-M-I.com. Click on the Give tab, and it'll walk you through some steps right there. God bless you, and until next time.